0: The, the only caveat is I would say there are a few people who believe that a Gen AI will happen at some fairly high percentage chance in the next 10 years. people who are smart so so I do think that being keeping aware but, but what, what it, I, the way I look at it is that there's we had a dozen or two different breakthroughs that need to happen for each of the pieces. So you can kind of monitor. Right. It's sort of, And you don't know exactly when they're going to happen because they're, by definition, breakthroughs. And right. I think it's, it's kind of when you think these breakthroughs will happen. And you just have to have somebody close to the uh, the power cord. Yeah. So that can, <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> when you see it about to happen. you got to yank that, yank that electricity <laughs> out, out of the wall, man. <laughs>
1: well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 6 of the Future Break Podcast. My name is Peter, your host.
2: And I'm your co-host, Serge.
1: And this is the podcast where we discuss emerging technology, human behavior, and what this means for the future. And as you listened in that little clip at the beginning, we are going to be talking about AI today. Artificial intelligence.
2: Absolutely. That's uh, something we're hearing more and more nowadays, aren't we, Peter? Absolutely. It's just its
1: becoming like... The thing, more and more. Ubiquitous. Yes.
2: Yeah. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of the origins a little bit, and I think uh, providing a context of where we're at. Mm-hmm. And um, doing the research for, for for this episode, I really found out that this is nothing really that uh, that's been new, the desire for having a machine or a system that could replicate and and do things that humans could do really has been around for forever actually since ancient times um <laughs> and well, so yeah
1: that's i guess it's and this is where i'm glad by the way people we approach this episode in a couple of different ways i think can we can we talk about yeah, this yeah, for let's a second do it. so uh Yes, and just before we do that, quick first shout out to all of you listeners. We've been very grateful for all of yes, you listening. Yes, thank you in. very much. We continue to see the downloads go up. Really appreciate it. This is your first time listening in. We truly hope you stick around. Even if you don't like this episode, go back and listen to some of the other but ones. But you're gonna like this episode. But you're gonna like this episode. <laughs> this is one where we're we're doing our best to be objective. I think. Yeah. Because AI is one of these things that it's like doomsday or it's the it's the next coming almost yeah, type of absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Right? So. So how we approach this episode is, search went out and did a lot of research on the history of AI. Yeah, and so take it away, man.
2: Yeah, and and uh, you know this is not going to be a concise history, but any any right. stretch, it's a it's really me just cherry picking things out. Well, the background, basically. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, little background, and just kind of figuring out where you know how did we get to a point where we can actually start talking about this stuff now, um, <clears throat> and so. I wanted, to, I wanted to define two things here um, before we really start. And uh, that's, that's actually the term artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence, we, we just call it AI, is the theory and development of computer systems able to perform tasks, tasks that normally require human intelligence such as visual perception, speech recognition, decision making, and translation between languages. <laughs> So we're seeing a lot of that already happening with with uh, you know different systems that are being built and different um, I guess computers and all kinds of uh, services that we're seeing nowadays they're they're trying to do that essentially and then the other d- thing I wanted to define is machine learning and that's kind of a subset of AI so mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a type of artificial intelligence that provides computers with the ability to learn without being explicitly programmed. Machine learning focuses on the development of computer programs that can change when exposed to new data. So this is kind of another, another one that we're hearing a lot about is machine learning, or ML. Um, and that's really, you give the machine some data, and you say, do this task, and you don't necessarily tell it exactly how to do the task but the computer figures it out. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> and the computer builds whatever it needs to build to make that happen, you know. And so, I'm sure we'll get to it at the end. But um, so, hey, human, you've been
1: doing this for since the beginning of time. But guess what? I figured out a better way to
2: do this. Yes, by inventing my own language. For example, so let's kind of dive in here to the to the history. Um, I'm gonna, like I said, go really cherry pick a, a few instances in history that I think uh, were catalysts for moving AI forward, for, um, for getting the the research needed to support the next part of the puzzle. Right, and so. You know, and I thought, "AI, well, okay, let's look back. Probably started, you know, looks like I, I would assume so- somewhere in the 1800s maybe, you know, some people are inventing some of the machines and and different mechanical things that are able to start calculate things." I was wrong. It started way back in ancient times actually. Um, if you remember, I, I don't know how you go- how good you were in your mythology, Peter, but a lot of <laughs> Greek myths had basically robots where robots would come and, and do a bunch of stuff. And that, that was part of their myth, is they'd have inanimate things be the AI. And so...
1: Okay, I think I actually know what you're talking about here. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah and so I'm trying the, to remember the name for the title of them. Did they have a name for that?
2: Um, I couldn't find a name, and okay. I, this might be just part of my poor research, but um, from what I understand is Greek mythology... Had robots. Had robots. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and robots are a subset or a type of AI. Exactly. And then the other cool thing was uh, the Chinese and the Egyptians. They actually built automatons, so <laughs> basically moving mechanical devices that uh, imitate humans. So they weren't they weren't uh, doing things on their own, but they were programmed to imitate humans. So, like, let's uh, you know, I can imagine something that had that looked like a hand maybe right and that would be able to lift something up so that kind of stuff so and and we know that the chinese and the egyptians were probably the most advanced uh civilizations back in those times so it's it's a desire it's a, something that's already been programmed i guess in the human psyche for a long time
1: agreed we still <laughs> we're still trying to figure out how they did built the pyramids right yeah
2: right Um, the next kind of leap that I think this was just interesting to me. This was, this was a mix of technology and even some of the, some religion at, at, uh, at this point in time. And so in the 13th century, people invented what were called talking heads. So (laughs) we'll have a, we'll have a link on our show notes uh, where you can check this out. And if you click on it, it, it looks kind of freaky. It's it's basically a woman's head. Um, it's it's obviously fake. It looks like a mask. But then behind it is like this big box. And what they were able to do is simulate that head to talk. And it was like disem- You know, it looked like it, it just looked like it was on a display. And it looked pretty real. And the crazy part about this, and this is where some of the ethical stuff came in, is... Um, a guy named uh, Albert Magnus created this talking head, and it was destroyed by St. Thomas Aquinas, was which was one of his uh, former students. And he thought that was a abomination, basically. It's just like, you know, people saw this thing and saw this fake mask talking, and they didn't know how to react to it. You know, and so to me, that was just like, well, yeah, that's... Can almost foreshadow what we're going to see soon and what we're seeing already now. It's it's all these things are are happening. We don't know exactly how to put that into into our context. So the Talking Heads. Uh, we'll have a link on our show notes, and you can kind of see that machine. Um, the next big one hmm. happened in 1832, and uh, computer science majors will probably know Charles Babbage and Ada Byron designed the Analytical Engine. So Babbage is probably the father of the computer. Okay. And what he did was he built this, he designed the schematics for this massive machine that would analyze and that would count and do all kinds of, you know, mathematical, um, computation in eighteen thirty-two. in 1832. Yeah. And the craziest thing here is he was never able to complete it. Uh, the first completed machine, they call it the Babbage engine, was actually completed in 2002 in London, 153 years after it was designed. And guess what? It worked. You know, and so (laughs) um, they used, uh, I'm just looking at a little bit about the the details of that. So it was faithful to the original drawings, uh, consisted of 8,000 parts, 8,000 parts. So like, you, you know, looking at the video on, on YouTube, and we'll have that in our show notes as well. You can see like numbers and, and dials and all kinds of crazy things. And, and Babbage went so deep into the design of uh, of this system, like annotated everything, so they were able to put it together. You know, with a lot of good supporting information. <laughs> and the craziest thing is, it was He couldn't f- imagine the cloud. No, no. <laughs> And it weighed five tons. Oh my god! And it measured eleven feet long. So try putting that in your pocket and a thousand songs in your pocket, right? So that was kind of uh, that was The next big step in my in my mind was Babbage and the analytical engine. Fast forward about a hundred years, and we've got World War Two. So, we probably are more familiar with this story, um, especially with the movie Imitation Game that came out recently yep. with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. And that uh, was a great movie, by the way. Um, we are talking about Alan Turing, and he created... So, do you know, any, do you know much about Alan Turing before I get into here?
1: I know what I think you're going to talk about. Well, I know he's the father of what is called the Turing Test, which I think yep. you're going to get into in a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, That's about it. And as a matter of fact, I,
2: for one, have not seen it. You have not seen the movie. Okay. We're going to have to... I
1: know the concept of it. And... Okay. I want to come back to that. Okay. Keep going, though.
2: So, Alan Turing, brilliant mathematician, and he worked at Bletchley Park, which is kind of a a um, code-slash-research division of the Army... In back in those days, and they worked on decrypting or decoding the German Enigma. Yep. So this was not just any regular Enigma, because the Germans had a bunch of different versions of it. This was the Navy Enigma, which was considered to be the most difficult to crack. And so, what they did was they set up a, a they called it Hut Eight, Hut Number Eight, and there they set up this research kind of. I'm brain think tank that they were able to start figuring out um, how this M- Enigma machine works and actually re- reverse engineer it so that when they get a intercepted message from the Germans, mm-hmm. they can actually read it. And this M- Enigma machine was just so advanced, so complicated and it used um, dials and levers and all kinds of different things to, um, to make the code basically, un, you know, you couldn't crack it with, with standard cryptography. You couldn't crack it by, you know, like A equals 2 and B equals 3. You couldn't do it that way. You had to build this machine. So they, they built the machine called the BOM. And what it did was it had, they were able to figure out the settings that each morning the um, the machine operators, the Enigma operators would set. And then from there, they were able to they were able to then decrypt the message. And the craziest thing is when they can read it, they can read the message. They, they actually knew what was happening or what was going to happen, where the Germans were going to attack next, but they couldn't do anything about it. And so they had, because if they, if they knew that, okay, the Germans are going to attack this base, let's say. Yeah. And they alerted the base. And when the Germans did attack it, no one was there. Well, well, they knew that somebody figured out the Enigma machine because that's where the orders were given through through that machine. So, um fascinating movie, by the way. You should really check it out. Yes, I, um. I do remember that,
1: like, <laughs> almost ethical di- dilemma.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: you worked to decipher this, and now you literally almost have the blueprint for what the enemy is going to do, but if you protect it
2: if you act on it yeah. if you
1: act on it it yeah you lose all future um, capabilities yeah
2: so that's kind of the the uh a little bit about the um the bomb machine and the decrypting the enigma the next alan turing breakthrough is the turing test and the turing test was is a test that basically tries to identify artificial intelligence so uh what he claimed was that a computer, that if a computer could conceive or, excuse me, convince a certain percentage of people that interacted with it that it was a human and not a computer, it would be considered intelligent. So real world example is you've got, let's say, you've got a judge, right? And then on the other side, you've got uh, a couple people and mixing with that is a computer or a chatbot, let's just say. And the judge is interacting with each person, including the chatbot. And to pass the Turing test, the chatbot would have to sound so human that the judge, when he's grading the you know the the conversation at the end, basically wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to tell that that was a computer. Right. And so there there are some flaws with the test itself, and, and but um, we've come close. And I think what and it's it's kind of a it, it's a thing that. I think has been how do I say this it's been debated and it's been where you have got some computers that say well we've passed it some say well no it, it it doesn't really quite meet the requirements and so um and that leads me on to my final thing that I pulled out was Isaac Asimov and he proposes the three laws of robotics <laughs> This is probably a good lead into to uh, the next section here. Um, so, what are the three laws? So, number one, a robot may not injure a human being or, though inaction or through inaction, excuse me, allow a human being to come to harm. So, that's law number one. Law number two is a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. So, basically must obey all the orders but it can't obey orders to damage or or hurt human beings. And number 3, a robot must protect their own existence as long as such protection hmm. does not conflict with the first or second law. Oh boy. So, that's again. You know, you you protect your existence, oh boy. <laughs> but you can't hurt humans. And so, yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of the the sci-fi, we're seeing a lot of the different um movies and different things that we're seeing uh nowadays or I guess, you know, even books is Robots Gone Rogue where they they start taking over things and and so um yeah that's kind of a, a brief history of artificial intelligence. There was a lot of developments that happened in this century. Even even like, you know, even in the last five, ten years, there was a ton of stuff that that happened, but I just didn't have uh, the time to really pull everything in. But essentially, you know, we're down this path already where we are accelerating into the general AI where we're basically a robot or a machine can completely do everything that a human can do okay. intellectually.
1: And and, and yes, well, this ties me a little bit to the present, but let's let's talk about general ai yeah. because this is something even coming into this i need to actually understand what that what that meant a bit general ai is when the ai is it's just like a human brain basically yeah. it you can it can take scenarios and you put it in different scenarios and it and it functions just like a human being um it's able to pull in all sorts of its knowledge and and do a task. I mean, like I said, do the scenario. So I'm saying a task, but think its way through the problem, basically, and take actions as needed. Uh, and to be truthful, this is, yeah, like you said, this is a lot where Hollywood or whatever you might say kind uh-huh. of de- depicts. That's, that's the general AI type concept. Uh, the one that probably sticks on my mind as you were talking was... I remember when iRobot came out with Will Smith. <laughs> I was trying to remember the name yeah. of that title. Yeah. The, when you talk about the three laws of robotics, I almost want to say that was kind of even ingrained in the building of those those robots at the time. And then they created this, he created this one-off robot that ends mm-hmm. up like kind of teaming up with Will Smith. But that one is a good example of general AI. Yeah. It adapts. It like figures out the wink thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess back in the day, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, instead of, like, you know, force jabbing <laughs> his way, he just pulls down <laughs> the, he just remembers now the, when he goes into the car, just pull down the, well, what is it called? The visor? The visor. Just pull down the visor, grab the keys, and then start the car instead yeah. of, like, manually, like, force. Jamming his, it, like, jamming more,
2: it. more intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I I
2: mean, and that was kind of the clip that we played in the beginning too. Was exactly. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes. So great th- great point to bring up. So this was um, it's published on October twelfth, two thousand sixteen, on YouTube. But Wired magazine did an interview with Barack Obama and a couple other guys, um, Joey Ito, I believe, from MIT Media Lab. No. Joy, yeah. Yep. Joy. And uh, that was Joy talking there Mm -hmm. um, about um, general AI.
2: And yeah, it's just... (laughs) The thing that caught my attention there was Obama saying, pulling the plug.
0: The only caveat is I would say there are a few people who believe... That a general AI will happen at some fairly high percentage chance in the next ten years,
1: <laughs> and so there's a guy that's like you know research and all this type of stuff saying, yeah, in the next ten years, general AI is going to
0: happen, and so People who are smart, so, so know, I do think that being <clears throat> keeping aware, but but what what it, I, the way I look at it is that there's. Probably a dozen or two different breakthroughs that need to happen for each of the pieces. So you can kind of monitor. Right. It's sort of, And you don't know exactly when they're going to happen because they're by definition breakthroughs. And I right. think it's it's kind of when you think these breakthroughs will happen. Right. And you just have to have somebody close to the uh, the power cord. Yeah. So that you can, <laughs> Right, right <laughs> when you see it about to happen. you got yank to that, yank that electricity <laughs> that out of the wall, <laughs> man. And yeah.
1: Um, uh, <laughs> And, and this is where it's hard to be objective yeah it's really hard to be objective and because this as technology is advancing here specifically in the AI realm we we are there's 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 a lot of ethical questions that come into mm-hmm. so I'm glad you bring up that the three laws of robotics you know a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm number one that's a a good thing. I don't. When you were reading that, at, based on your background, mm-hmm. did that seem like a good, plausible
2: three rules to have in place? I think. Um, I think that it was, and to a certain degree, it still applies today. Um,
1: yeah, 1950.
2: The, the, <laughs> yeah, the 1950s when it was when he wrote it. Um, the thing that I'm not sure about is, you know, you have. General, or they call it another way to say it is full AI. So they have you have full you have a machine that has full AI. Okay. Do you program those rules into it? Right. You know okay. how how does it know? Okay. And and is it also going to face a ethical dilemma where if I don't do this, people die. If I do this, less people die. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So is it is that machine going to be put into a position where it has to just dis- make that decision. And if so, does that ultimately violate rule number one? You know, right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's, yeah, we were, we were talking right before the show. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a slippery slope that, uh, that we're on, I think. Right. And
1: this is of course meant to be a kind of a two part episode. Mm-hmm. Um, because the next one we just want to kind of delve into like the future concepts of this, maybe.
2: And yeah, that's where we kind of talk about uh what we think is gonna happen. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Our doomsday scenario. Our doomsday, right?
1: scenario. Or in enlightened future. I mean depending on how you like maybe, it, yeah. I guess. Um but let's let me talk about some of the things that's like happened um, okay. in AI. And some things that maybe people may be aware of. One of the things that is stands out in my mind and more than what i thought about it, is watson mm-hmm. ibm watson and this was had some history back in I believe in 1997 with something called deep blue mm-hmm. facing off against a chess player who was just a prof- amazing professional um uh, chess player and the ai won
2: yeah yeah, that was. Uh, I I remember hearing about it. Uh, I
1: remember hearing about it too.
2: And it was a shock.
1: A computer yeah, beat. A computer beat. A human being. A human being. Yeah. And so those those two the the two creators of that were kind of excited uh, about what that meant. And so in 2004, I believe. I'm um, trying to get this exact year in this. It went off against um, contestants on Jeopardy
2: and mm. won. Mm-hmm. Ken Jennings, right? Ken Jennings. Yep. And then Watson and then uh, Brad Reuter is the other guy. And yep. so the AI actually won. <laughs> Do you see a pattern here, this- Peter? Do you see a pattern happening? seems to continue to win every
1: time. <laughs> every time. And jump forward. Okay. This is now transitioning a little bit out of IBM Watson a little bit. Well, actually, let's say on IBM Watson. IBM Watson was like when it was built and all the time. It was, I want to say, I was told, I believe it was like the size of a conference room. And Mm -hmm. it could pull only a certain amount of data sets, uh, you know, per minute, per second, things like that. And now today, of course, it is in the cloud. Yeah. And it has an access of over 200 million pages of structured and unstructured content. Wow. So, I know that the human brain can't, I believe, I'm not, I guess, the, the best personal analogy of the brain's potential, but... I don't think we can do that. 200 million pages of data structured. structured like to or remember it? Data. Probably not. Like to be able to pull from that? Yeah. I don't I don't think we can do that. And so this is one of those things where IBM has come out and said, you know, we're trying to channel it this towards, you know, healthcare. And recently, as of even oh, – I can't believe I'm going to say this. As of yesterday, uh, MIT <laughs> – uh, this is why it's – this is why it's really crazy. This is
2: moving at lightning speed, isn't it?
1: So, MIT's new AI system, um, they, they created an AI system. It learns by surfing the internet. Which, if you think about it, we've put so much data into the internet on, across so many different things. It's, it's crazy to think about. That IBM Watson, You know, a lot of us use have used Wikipedia in some sort of research development. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, IBM Watson knows all of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. That's one of its sources. Just that alone. Just try to. If you can comprehend that, that's
2: that's great. hashtag winning,
1: right? <laughs> so they were they excited. Wait, oh, ads! Go back to the last episode. <laughs> episode four. <laughs> episode four. Oh, people. Anyways, this uh, this development at, M- at MIT. The interesting thing here was is that it did a comparison between humans and this AI, and the AI won by 10% at the time. So it wasn't just, this, this, you know, I want to say just complete trounce type thing, but it still won. And once again, I keep reminding myself, this is like version probably 0. 0.8, right? Like it's probably not mm-hmm. even 1.0. This is somebody building this thing. Yep. It's not in the consumer's hands or anything like that. And, of course, everybody there is really excited because they think to themselves "We can, we can use this system even in its current form to start researching in the medical world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to helping improve our our life. Makes sense. Uh, in one sense, if you think about IBM Watson, imagine a system like that that now can look across multiple facets in, like, the human genome, all the type of things, our history, our uh, data on us as individuals in a group setting, and actually be able to pull in different things to realize, oh, this really correlates with this strongly. And so we can begin to understand how to improve our, our healthcare dramatically. Which, this is actually exciting as I'm talking about this, is a reason why they've, I really believe this, when they say, if you can keep your health in the next 10 to 20 years, which that's the rate we're going. Maybe five, but anyways, ten to twenty years, we're gonna live so much longer, hmm. because we're we're now in this research. We're able to do this mass intense research that only seems yeah. to be getting better and better and better, right?
2: And we're using new technology, new technology,
1: deep learning, AI, machine learning, and like I mean that yeah. that I mean that's another episode we're talking about healthcare, probably, but. Uh, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. So, all right, moving over. Uh, the main thing with AI, it always seems to be facing off against a, a person. That's true. Right? This almost, like you said, it's almost like a Turing test, but not not completely. But that's kind of the context when people build an AI. Right. It's like, well, let's have it compete against the humans.
2: <laughs> and let's see how much we're going <laughs> to suck today, right? <laughs> Because you know we we're humans, man. Let's and
1: get let's make it beat the best human on the planet in this area.
2: And I think it just that talks about our humanity is that we have a limit, even though we might be really, really, really good at something. Man, we've got a limit. We're not we're not a machine, you know. No, no, we're not.
1: Uh, uh, so recently. And I feel like you might even know uh, maybe a little bit more about this, but Google winning Go, yeah. And this is Google's AI. What was it, what was Go exactly?
2: Go is a Chinese game. That's right. It's it's supposedly one of the hardest, most complex games that you could that was invented actually. And so that was used as kind of a benchmark. Um, you know how uh, Deep Mind was? It beat uh, the chess player, right?
1: Yes. Deep. Okay, so
2: Deep Blue, I think. Deep Blue, um, Go was kind of the benchmark. Okay, it beat chess, but the AI didn't beat us in Go yet, right? And then what happened was um, we've had over the last few um, over the last few even weeks last year we had this machine or this this ai face off and beat the world's best go player <laughs> publicly
1: and it's supposed <laughs> to be the most complicated game yeah in existence
2: yeah okay and and then the crazy thing is um i think they call it the alpha go it's uh that's the name of the machine and the crazy thing is it has set up Google has set up a secret test lab of sorts to test AI and beat the top Go players online. So <laughs> this, is, this is nuts, man! You know you're online as as a Go player. You're you're it, you're playing somebody named known as Master P. Master P, and that's an anonymous player. And you can see you can see in the rankings that this is probably AI because it's never lost a game. And it's beaten some of the greatest ones. And now and now it's gotten to the point where, I mean, Google didn't explicitly say that this was AI, but you could kind of tell. And then it later came out, oh, yeah, by the way, we've been working on our AlphaGo AI system, and now we've been, we've been beating basically everybody. <laughs> Humanity is lost. You
1: <laughs> can just imagine the chat room. Yeah, uh, Master P, you wanna you wanna meet up sometime? I'd love to. Type <laughs> you. Message message reply within five years. I'll have human form. <laughs> uh, no, uh, that's scary. Yeah, it is. It is scary to imagine it. Uh, so other things here when it comes to AI, when it comes to Google specifically. And this is where there's actually a little bit of controversy. I want to preface before I state this. But when it came to Google Translate, this is one of the things that kind mm. of got us into this research to begin with.
2: Yeah, one of our listeners actually showed this to us.
1: Yep. Uh, the Google Translate code, um, in a sense, Google allowed itself to, or gave this... <laughs> How do I say? <laughs> Want to call it? Well, it gave this AI the ability to like research, and eventually it began to decipher patterns in human languages and things like that, and created its own language. By the way, this is the, this is the kicker on its own. Yeah, on its own. So, yeah, the, and going back to what Serge said at the beginning, definition of artificial intelligence. Uh, theory and development of a computer systems to be able to perform tasks that normally require human intelligence. Um, and one of the things he said, speech recognition, decision-making, and translation between languages. As soon as he said that, re- read that, I'm like, oh, wow, th- there it is. Um, and, of course, machine learning, uh, to be able to learn without explicitly being programmed to do this. And this is where, when you think about this, this is a machine figuring out on its own. How to how to create a language. Which you think about just the intricacies of our, of a language anyways, that's that's amazing. And it was scary at the time and and sorry, you were gonna say something.
2: Yeah, no, I, I was just reading a little bit about that. So traditional um, machine translation services or systems, how they work is they break sentences into phrases and words, and then they translate each individual word or phrase. Right. Okay. Absolutely. So and well, you that's can, how we learn, right? Yeah. yeah. And you can see the you can see where there's there's fault in that. So like the word which, it can mean three different things, right? Right. Which which is which. <laughs> that's the thing we learn in elementary school. So what this new system, this new Google Translate does is it actually uses a neural network uh, to work on the entire sentence at once. So it reads the sentence, puts everything into context, and then makes the translation. And then what you were saying is it basically developed its own backend language to enable it to be to do that applied at other languages, right? Which is which is nuts. It is. This it is, is nuts. very nuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember the article? The guy was just kind of freaking out as he was writing this. Yeah, and then something in the comments section was like, "Okay, don't stop it. You're you're, you're going taking this way too far." Um, and you know, he gave some context of you know what it was doing. Probably he's like, "Just like a child, how we want to and teach a child something. Um, we wanted to be able to figure things out, you know, on its own over time." Mm-hmm. Right, so we're teaching it. It's like, and that's how we liken the AI, which I appreciated that analogy. At the same time, I was like, "Yeah, that sounds a lot like." <laughs> I mean, the analogy alone is is a human being. So, mm-hmm. um, I that's the beginning of general AI to me. Yeah. So, right,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Another thing I was going to mention here is that so you have an iPhone, right, Peter? Absolutely. Okay. So we think Apple as this, um, super secretive company, it still really is. And, um, they've been kind of getting some slack for not being, not being open in the AI, uh, research world, because, you know, if you look at it, all the research has happened, it's been published, it's been verified, peer reviewed, all that stuff. And Apple has been super secretive about this. And so earlier this year, um, I didn't know this about Apple. Um, August twenty fourth, This there's a article called "The Eye Brain Is Here." I brain. The eye brain is here, and reading through it, I mean, you you kind of like, okay, well, yeah, there there. There's a background information. There's some stuff that they've been doing, um, and where you get to halfway down the article, you get uh, you get you get some information about your iPhone. So. If you're an iPhone user, you've come across Apple, Apple's AI already, right. not just in Siri, but in other things. So here, and it lists a couple of things. So when you see a phone, your phone identifies a caller who isn't in your contact list, but did email you recently. I've had that happen where somebody emailed me and then they call me and I'm like, oh, is this possibly this person? Oh. Like, very smart. Good. Very yeah. good. Yep. 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 Um or when you swipe on your screen to get a short list of the apps you most recently. I was just thinking that that is AI. Yeah. That's
1: that's straight up AI.
2: Yeah. Um, when you get a reminder on an appointment, you never got around to putting on your calendar. That's crazy. How many times are you typing something in? You get distracted, you walk away and then you're like, Oh, you have this appointment in 10 minutes. You're like, I didn't even save. Oh my gosh. It knows, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's another part of it. Um, Map location, so uh, pops up for the hotel that you've reserved. And even when you parked your car, your phone, your phone will actually point you to your parked car even though you didn't ask it to. So, those are just some of the things that Apple already has pushed out and it's being used um, on your iPhone. And even the predictive keyboard, that's another huge, huge part of that is the oh, predictive yeah. keyboard. I mean, granted... Nowadays, it's not super, I wouldn't say it's super smart, but once they get around to enhancing that, I think that's going to be a game changer. Well... It's just going to know how you type, how you... Right. ...structure your sentences, and it's going to be able to just, you know, provide the most accurate next word, I well,
1: guess. Well, I'm guessing it's done this with your name. It's done that with my my daughter's name. Yeah. But like... Noel is not N O E L. It's a unique spelling. Okay. Right, and so when I start typing N O, <laughs> it it gives me the caps and everything like that for the correct spelling of her name. Yeah. Yeah, that's. And it did it on its own. It did that on its own. I never told it to do it. Do that. So.
2: Yeah. So, the next thing I think, um, what's the. Uh, What's the uh, Elon Musks of this world? What are they What are they up to? And, uh, how I, you do know they... what?
1: This is where maybe – should we save that for okay. next episode? We could do that.
2: Let's save Elon Musk. So you guys got to tune in to the next episode. Next episode.
1: I will say this, and this is why this. when I said I, – that article I shared that was as of yesterday, <laughs> which is just crazy to me. Um, the other part about this is in the current state, and I don't think this is finalized yet – there's another thing we are watching that, which maybe by the next episode, we may or may not have learned more. But currently, right now, when we talk about AI competing against humans, there is an AI competing in a no limit Texas Hold'em tournament right Ooh. now. And yes, it is winning.
2: Of course it is. Of course. I wouldn't expect so, anything less, Peter.
1: Uh,. I am I'm curious to see where that ends up. Uh, like I said, I think within a week we'll know more. But yeah, that's that's the current state of things. I would say a future breakdown, we don't really have a complete future bre- like a source future far yeah. out. I think We're we'll save, save that, that till the next episode. Say yeah. that to the next episode.
2: So you guys got to tune in again.
0: <laughs> but uh just got to remember, uh, sort of, and you don't know exactly when they're going to happen because they're by definition breakthroughs. And right. I think it's it's kind of when you think these breakthroughs will happen. Right. And you just have to have somebody close to the uh, the power cord, yeah. so that you can, <laughs> right right <laughs> when you see it about to happen, you got to yank that you yank it out, yank that <laughs> <and> electricity <like> <laughs> out of the wall, of man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, uh, artificial intelligence, sir.
2: Yeah, it's a lot uh, a lot to cover and a lot to think about, but there's there's time for more.
1: There's time for more. Yeah. All right. Well, we truly appreciate you coming and listening to this episode. Um, we are so excited about doing this uh, episode, specifically because it's really challenged our approach on AI. Like I said, we try to still be objective in this, yeah. right? Yep. I don't know if you've struggled with that at all.
2: A little bit. Yeah, it's... Well, it's, news it's a article. charged, it's a charged, um, topic.
1: Yes. You know. Keep in mind, everybody, like the media, when they write articles on this stuff, typically will have some sort of doomsday picture, <laughs> just like the, the header image.
2: That'll catch your attention and it, then they go yeah. into it. Yeah.
1: It's just, I don't know. So anyways, thanks, thanks for listening. Please tune in again. Like I said, if this is your first time listening, uh, we truly hope you enjoyed it. Um, uh, be sure to take a listen back to some of our previous episodes. Um, that being said, um, please reach out to us on Twitter, Future Break Pod. Yep, correct. And we are now on Facebook as well. You can send us a message if you type in Future Break on the search engine inside Facebook. You will find us for sure. Yeah. Also, where else, where, yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
2: subscribe to us on iTunes, and we'd love for your reviews. We'd love to see what you guys think of the show, and um, you know, if you have show ideas, feel free to just send us a, send us a, a message as well. And let us know kind of what you would like us to talk about. So, and also check us out on featurebreak.net. and that's our website. And uh, yeah, we're so excited to be doing this, and look forward to the next episode. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome.
1: And if if you did find value in this, and you think some other people would would really appreciate listening to this, just in the very least for the thought process of like figuring this out on their own, uh, please go ahead and share this episode or other episodes with your friends as well we would love that so word of mouth is still the best thing that we love all right everybody thanks again for listening take care and we'll see you next
2: week see you next week